0: Praise God, brothers and sisters. Uh, Tonight I'd like to speak to you guys about something that's been on my heart actually for a while, after New Year's, and um, that something is you guys, I'd want to talk about you guys and mostly uh, the bench warmers out here who come here to uh, warm the seats up and, you know, just stay hidden and, you know, just... uh, the bench warmers. You know, you guys know who I'm talking about. And uh, and it's not just them. It's all of us who can be doing more. And uh, who's, all of us who are just not giving it all we got. And just, you know, just not using our talents, the ones that God has given us to use. And we just dig up those talents and we don't put them to use in the church. And uh, it's not used for glo- God's glory. And that goes the same to the the backseat Christians who uh sit in the backseat and uh are also the bench warmers and just complain about the way the church is going and complain about all this stuff that's going on and they don't they also don't do anything about it and just sit in the back rows and just talk about it. But before I start also I'd like to ask all of you guys why you guys are here. And if you guys just just think about that question like Ask yourself, what am I doing here today? Did I come here for the word of God? Did I come here to have fellowship with Christ? Did did I come here to to praise God, to sing? Did I come here to pray for my brothers and sisters, to have fellowship with them? Or did I come here to sit in the back, sit on my phone throughout service, maybe talk to my friends throughout service, and just come here to uh, have maybe fellowship after service with my friends and go hang out with them? and whatever the reason may be i'd ask you guys to uh hear me out through my uh, short word that i'm going to share and uh cuz the bible bible calls us to to be unified as one to uh to be the the, the body of christ to be the church and and for that to happen for us to be one body of christ we must be unified and working towards one goal and uh If only some of us are working and the others are not, it just makes it a little harder. And uh, I also want to call us not one body, not one church, but also one team. And um, I'd like to talk about us being and serving as one team. I don't know about you guys, but I played a few sports in my uh, um, younger years, I guess you could say, even though I'm not that old. But... um, I played on quite a few teams, and uh, that team effort was very important. If not everybody was giving it all they got, uh, say for football, for instance, like if one of the linemen didn't block, the quarterback gets sacked, you know, if just one person isn't giving what they can, you just, you're not going to be as good as you can be. And uh, I would want to start off by reading um, Romans twelve three through 5. For I say through the grace given unto me to every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly according as God had dealt to every man the measure of faith. For as we have many members in the body, and all members have not the same office, but we being many are one body in Christ, and every one member's one of another. And that just uh, pretty much summarizes... Everything I'm going to be talking about in just three verses, but um the Bible refers to us Christians as athletes more than one time, and uh whether it's fighting the good fight, racing the race, and um uh that's what we do. We fight the good fight for for the church in the church, whether outs out for in our work, and we just that's what christianity is it's um, it's fighting that fight and racing that race. And before I uh, move on, I'd want to read 1 Corinthians 9.24 uh, through the end, through verse 27. Uh, starting from verse 23. And, I, and this I do for the gospel's sake, that I might be a partaker thereof with you. Know you that they which run in a race run all, but only one receives the prize. So run that you may obtain. In this verse, we running this race, we must run it. If we don't run a race, say, physically with, let's say, everything we got, if we know our opponent, then we're not going to win. And we're not going to get that prize at the end unless we give it all we got. And um, verse 25, and every man that striveth for mastery is a temperate in all things. Now, they do it to obtain corruptible crown, but we, and in Incorruptible, I therefore so run not as uncertainly, so fight I not as one that be- beateth the air, but I keep under my body and bringeth into subjection, lest by any means when I have preached to others, I myself should be a castaway when we when we uh, serve one another, it means to become lower than the one next to you. It, become, it means serving and getting out of your comfort zone and doing things that maybe you're uncomfortable with but they're effective for the church. They, they serve to be part of the church and um, it helps the church grow and flow a lot smoother. And uh, Talking about teams and whatnot earlier, The two sports that uh, one of the two or two of the few sports that I played in in uh, school growing up were uh, actually racing as in a track, and uh, I did wrestling as well. And um, those two sports may seem like personal sports for like personal glory and whatnot, but they're the way the schools have them set up and what not is that they're team sports and whether you win or lose you can be effective doing what you're doing and uh whether it's racing if you come in first you obviously helping out your team a lot you come in second place you if you gave it all you got well you second place still earns the team points so and further down third place and whatnot and same with wrestling uh if you beat your guy one way, you get certain many points. If you beat him a certain way, you get so many other points. And so I don't stray off topic. Uh, us in the church, how we how we serve us, giving it all we got. We don't have to be the best out there. We don't always have to be, you know, the best singer, the best preacher, the best uh, uh, musician. But as long as we give it all we got, that is all what God asks from us. And uh, that's pretty much the only thing we can do is give it all we got. And uh, in those sports, my coaches used to say, uh, hard work beats talent when talent doesn't work. And that is actually very true because me being in playing like doing wrestling, for instance, I wrestled guys that have been wrestling since they were like, say, five years old. And here I am, like, you know, first year, second year wrestling, and I beat him. But it has nothing to do with whether he had more experience or me. It's whoever put more effort into it, whoever wanted it more, and whoever put the time into it and uh, got the reward in the end. So um, coming back to uh, not being the best, you can give it all you got, and you're still going to be effective in the church. And it doesn't have to be something big, say, preaching or playing on the worship team. You can be do the, doing the very tiniest thing, and many people might not see it, but you're still going to get your reward, whether it's on earth or in heaven, because God sees all our, all our work, and um, he rewards us. And uh, I have personal experience through that. When I was uh going to college and trying to stay uh stay um uh, involved in the church as well, I saw how God has blessed me more than one time on my exams, when I wanted to study for the next day, but no i had I went to church you know and so god has I've seen God's hand like bless me so many times in my life just because I was um putting the work in for him as well or uh um, staying involved in God's ministry. So uh, that's a personal testimony for myself. And we here as a church are also, we're, we're part of a team. Just like, I know you guys know football. And uh, if everybody gives it all they got, then the whole, the plays, the whole game just goes smoothly. And that's the same with the church. If everybody is involved instead of just sitting in the back you know just just taking up one one more seat that someone else maybe could have taken or just coming there for you know distracting others when we are all doing what we're supposed to be doing the church just runs it's just more smoothly the holy spirit is working and it just everybody can feel it and um i encourage all of us to get involved and uh there is so many ministries in the church we can get involved, whether it's the finance or the management or the youth leaders or the um, uh, getting together in small groups, the Bible studies, the study groups and whatnot. And there's so many, so many opportunities for all of us to get involved. And I wanna ask you guys, who do you guys see yourselves as? Do you guys see yourselves as the bench warmers maybe? Or just one of the one of the players that wants to say on the football football field there's 11 players and there's a few on the side are you guys the ones on the side not caring to get in not caring to get a chance to play or do you guys try to get in do you guys do you guys put the effort in so that you guys are further in the future being used as well to fight the fight and um, just to be part of the church and. Uh, You know, when you work together, you just, it becomes, you become more of a family, you become closer, and whenever you serve together, it just, from personal experience, it just makes you want to be more involved. The more involved you are, the more involved you want to be, and you're just more excited to see the people around you and when you like finish like a service like everybody's planning for a service or camp all the people that are involved once it's over they're like oh praise god you know everything is over everything went smoothly you guys don't see any any of it even though you guys were maybe part of the camp or part of the service but when you're part of the planning and the uh, being involved it's a lot more rewarding just even on the heart itself you know you're just more, I wouldn't say satisfied, but you're, uh, you know you did what you could have done, done for Christ. And it just, it's just a good feeling. And um, God doesn't ask us to do more than we can do. He just asks us to do what we, we are able to do. And um, God has given us these talents, and uh, he doesn't want us to dig them up like uh, like the three guys that he gave talents to and the first one he gave 10 to and he he used them to make uh, get 20 and the other guy that got five, he used them to make 10 and the one guy that got one, he just dug it up and didn't use it. Are we that one person that digs up our talent and doesn't use it and then on the last day, you guys are gonna come to Christ and be like, oh, I had my talent and here it is but well, you guys didn't do anything with it. You guys haven't, used it for his glory, and to obtain more talents, to obtain more people for his kingdom, and, uh, I just want to ask you guys to try to be involved, whether it's the study groups, whether it's in the church, whether it's in the worship teams, because honestly, sometimes as the worship leader for my group, um, finding people to sing, if few people get sick, it's, it's not the easiest thing to do, and, uh, When you're, like, in crunch time and you need people to to come out there and sing and half your group is sick or, like, on vacation and nobody wants to do it, it becomes harder for everybody else. And just, you know, when everybody's willing to sacrifice their time to put in the effort to serve in the church, it's just God blesses us all uh, through that. So I would just uh, encourage all of us to... Work together, try to help out, and uh, I don't want to seem like I'm kind of like telling you guys that you guys aren't doing a lot in the church or you guys doing anything. But I just want to like encourage you guys to try to do what you can do in the church and just uh, sacrifice your time, uh, your body uh, for Christ and his glory. So uh, I want to pray for all of you guys um, so we can get up and pray to Christ.
1: Praise God. So when I found out that I'll be reading a poem, I was praying and asking God what he wanted to share, what he wanted to say through me. And I'm always really thankful for these opportunities. That I, It doesn't matter what I say. It doesn't matter if I have a really good poem or rhymes really good or the music sounds really good. I don't care about any of that. I just want God to touch your heart and use me To really just bring you closer to god to get you to get to know him more to have that desire through that and so he put this poem on my heart that i've already read before but it reminded me of something that i needed to hear as well and i was thinking about back like my christian journey right when i first started out when i first really started like getting into church started going And I remember at that time, I really gave my life to God and everything was just like rainbows and sunshine and everything was going so good. And I was so happy and so thankful that that my school was going well, that, that my personal life, that friendships, everything was just like put into place. And I was really thankful for that. And I remember one day me and my brother were sitting in the car and he's like, Dasha, let's plan out like our 10 year future. Let's do like Let's just, not even 10, let's do like our five-year, two-year future. And I'm like, yeah, like, let's do it. So we're sitting there and we're like, okay, we're going to apply for this college. We're going to go to this career, obviously, with like the most money. And we're going to go to school for 10 years. And then we're going to get the best job. And it's going to be like the best thing ever. So I'm like, yeah, like this, this could work. Like I, I could see it. Like it's going to happen. And so we planned it out, and I remember I went home, and I even wrote it down in a notebook, and I wrote all these plans and goals that I had that I wanted to achieve, and they weren't bad. They're like, they're good, right? And of course, in everything that I did, I was like, God, let your will be done. And I remember not even like half a year went by, and I was on the floor crying, and I was like, God, why is nothing going the way that I want it to? Why, Like, why is school not going well? Why are like my relationships not going well? And I was on the floor crying, and I'm like, One thing after another, like I'm failing chemistry and I got into a car accident. I'm just like, what am I supposed to do? My life is over. And I'm like sitting there crying and I hear God's voice telling me is like, is that all I meant for you? Is your life really over now because your school didn't go well? Is your life really over now? And I'm just thinking to myself and I'm like, that's embarrassing because that's all I thought life was about. It's like, if my school is going well, then, then it's all good then it's worth being here on this earth, and God's telling me, like, no matter what happens in your life, no matter if you even failed these classes, if it's not going well, if you didn't get into the college that you wanted to go to, your life is not over, and I'm sitting there and praying, and I'm trying, like, to take these words into heart, and really to feel them, And, and I'm like, God, you're right, like, nothing is going well. And, and throughout that journey, like one year goes by and two year goes by and I keep being on the floor crying, asking God why it's not going my way. And eventually I got to that point and I'm like, God, like nothing is going how I wanted it to go. But I thank you for that. Because through all these moments that I've had to go through, I've learned so much. I've gotten closer to you and I've gotten to know you. And no matter what happens in this world, even like even if I'm at the point of like dying, I'm so thankful that I have you. And that's all I need in this life. I don't need a good career. I don't need to go to the best college. I just need you, God, because without you, I am poor and I am weak. And so I just I wanted to read this verse also from Zechariah to remind you that if you have God, that's all you need. If you think that you are poor, you are rich with God. If you think that you are weak with God, you are strong. And that's all you need in this life. You don't need a good career to, like, to get you through life. You need God. And if you don't realize that now, I hope eventually you will. And God will bring you to that point where you just run to him. But for those of you who are going through a hard time right now and, and just feel like all these bad situations in your life, like God's punishing you, he's not. I was reading Zechariah and I got to this verse that kind of like I had to stop and I had to sit back because God says this and he's saying this to you right now. If you're looking for a sign, this is your sign. This is Zechariah chapter 4 verse 23. Here it says, on that day, declares the Lord of hosts, I will take you, Zerubbabel, son of Shaltiel, my servant, declares the Lord, and I will make you like a signet ring, for I have chosen you, declares the Lord of hosts. That's what God told to me, and that's what He's telling each and every single one of you that I have chosen you, and your life is so much more than what you have planned for. May you take hold of the life that God has for you. Oh, what a man! What a man stands before me, a man that cowers in darkness, lost and ashamed. Oh, what a man! What a man! What can you do, and what power do you possess? What kind of defense can you put up against? Are you aware? Let us compare what you are to who you're supposed to be. Can you see? How can you forget? Are you unaware of the trouble you caused? Of your wrongs? They reign everywhere. Look at you and examine yourself. Weak and pathetic. Every decision regretted. It's true. It's true what I hear. That's near speaks truth. And it's the only voice that I hear. Why do I feel like when I walk out the door, the sun is beating down upon me in anger? Why do I regret the point that I've come to? I confess I feel like I will never be able to impress you. I want to be zealous and reverent. I want to show my respect to you. Yet I resent the life that I've lived, and I can't testify for my light. I can't stand up in my mind. I can't see the point of my troubles, and I don't see how I can make it past these struggles. I can't catch up. And I am a holdup. My downfalls seem to never go back up. I'm burned up and breaking up. And so I stay in my self-destruction. I live in my mind's construction. I'm addicted to this oppression. A path that leads to nowhere but obstruction. Oh Lord, I am a product of corruption. And in subduction I live. God, I feel as though I am a malfunction. That you shouldn't have wasted your time on making me. For God, look at me. How can you stand to look at me? Don't let your gaze be hazed by the disappointment that I am. I am in overproduction. I have no direction. I can't live up to your standards. When will I find the answers that race through my mind deep in the night? Is there really a light at the end of the tunnel? Or is hope lost in a rubble? These struggles have caused me to stumble, worse than the mess that I was before. I wasn't sure if my breath was worth it, for I have missed the mark. I couldn't hit it. So should I quit or commit to what I am, a lost soul? I am hopeless, and it's true. It's true, but what can I do? As I stare at the pages of my life, as I flip through this book, I can't help but look that the pages for some reason continue. But how? My life is defeated. I am bound to a grave. I am forever stuck inside this pointless cave. But the story continues. He was left in a grave just like me, but that grave could not hold him. Death could not bind him and sin had no reign in him. I lost my hope to be saved, but the truth is that my hope is found in that grave, for in that grave he buried the lies, he tore down the walls of oppression, he broke the chains of my sinful condition, he set free, he did that for you and for me, he dug my soul from the depths, he gives me real, meaningful, true breath my savior he is my savior that gives me a defense he was buried but only temporarily only for a moment because he has all authority to erase every one of my impurities oh what a man oh what a man that the grave could not contain his glory oh what man oh what a man who are we but mere breath these words are true but now something greater reigns over them now I can say that I am resurrected in new life with Christ. Now I live in Christ for Christ. And all my fear is left at that grave. It has been buried with all of my sin and with all of my shame. Praise God.
2: Praise God, brothers and sisters. Um, so, it's my first time. Uh, coming up and saying a word since fifth grade, so I'm nervous naturally. Bear with me. Uh, I have my notes out tonight because I like to uh wander and just kind of steer off what I'm trying to say so uh tonight, uh, I want to share a testimony first and then I have a short word, so I'm just gonna get right into it. uh this was about two years ago uh and in my life, I was in a position where, with God, I was, uh, the way I would put it, I guess, is I was stale. That's how my relationship with God was. I wasn't growing. I was just going to church. I was just living my life, you know. I was like, oh, God, you know, I'm, I'm so happy. I'm so thankful for all that I have. But, but at the same time, there was no growth in my life. I wasn't growing in Christ. There's nothing, I wasn't doing anything to bring other people to Christ. And it was one night after a service where uh, me and the guys, we all went out. We went out to Bertolino's after, uh, and we were just hanging out, playing chess, talking, you know, just hanging out, having a good time, and I had a friend who was with his motorcycle and... Uh, he was giving everyone rides, everyone was get, having fun, you know, and uh, I, I kind of wanted to go, but I was scared, of course, I'm, you know, I'm going to be honest, I was scared, and it's not just that, but it's something inside of me was, it's like something inside of me was holding me back, you know, something was saying, don't go, don't go how many times I saw one friend would go, you know, and come back. And then another friend went and came back. My brother went and came back. And I'm like, oh, man, should I go? Should I do it? Should I do it? And, like, something was telling me no. And then as he's about to leave, as he's about to uh, roll out, um, I I just said, man, just just let me go, you know. So I get on. Uh, I didn't have a helmet, guys, so this is... I'm going to be completely honest with you guys. I don't want to, you know, hide any of the truth or anything. You know, this is definitely not a smart thing for me to do, but I did it anyways, and that's the truth. And so we were going. We had just gotten probably, <coughs> pardon me, like 20 seconds maybe into the ride, and a and, uh, car pulls out in front of us, and... Basically, he ended up flying over the hood of the car, and I flew over him, and he had a helmet, but I didn't. So that was probably, and I I get, like, all shaken up just talking about it. It was probably one of the, just after that was one of the, the darkest, you know, times in my life where it was just me thinking to myself, how easy it would have been for me for that to be my last moment here on earth and how fast it just passed and and it was just like a flash you know and i i i almost I, it was a blur what happened and it was crazy to me to think that that could have been my last moment on earth you know and for the next couple months i was just i i just i couldn't i can't explain the feeling like I was empty, like I wanted to know God, but I didn't know how to how to find God. It was I got so used to this feeling of being stale and to and to just just living my life and just um, as uh, actually as uh, Steve Altmaier said it at youth camp, uh, I was uh, I was chilling on the crotch buster, if you guys remember from youth camp, you know I was trying to have one one foot in the world and. One foot with God, and not a not a great place to be in and so a couple months later, uh, actually well praise God, uh everything was okay i didn't you know I, nothing no major injuries or anything uh, but a couple months later, I was at a service, and I believe it was a bible school service and there was uh there was an altar call, and I came up, and I wanted to know God, I wanted to see God more in this time in my life. And I remember there was, um, there was this woman, and um, I have no idea who she is. I never, had not seen her since. Uh, but uh, they were praying for me, and she, she prophesied, uh, prophesied. And w- when they translated she told me, she told me basically what was going on in my life. Like, this is a woman I've never met before. I don't know who she is. And she's over here telling me, She's like, this is what you've been doing. This is how you've been living your life. And it's, it's hard for me to talk about, but she told me, uh, and I'm kind of paraphrasing, but she was saying how there's been so many times in my life where the devil has tried to take my life away. There's been so many times in my life where the devil has come in and tried to take my life away, to steal my life away. And God intervened. And God's hand was upon me. And that was just, I just broke down crying, just broke down in tears. And that was, that was... One big moment in my life where it just led me to pursuing God, to wanting to know God, to wanting to proclaim his word, to, to draw myself closer to God. Because if we're not living for God, if we're not living to draw other people to him, then why are we here? Why are we here? That was a moment where I, 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 could, have been, I could have died. Like she said. The devil tried to take my life away many times, but God intervened. God's hand was upon me. And uh, I want to open up to a verse. I want to open up to Jeremiah chapter 29. And I want to read verse 11 through 13. So uh, verse 11 is the most common verse. uh, But what really spoke to me was, the, was 12 and 13. Uh, it says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans for welfare and not for evil, to give you a future and a hope. Then you will call upon me and come and pray to me, and I will hear you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. And that, it says, when you seek me with all your heart. So in this world we live in, with all the distractions, with the media, with, with TV, with the Internet, with pop culture, with everything and just society, everything is so far from God. Everything is just so distant from God. Everywhere we look, on your phone, everywhere on billboards, everything, everything is against God. And the devil hides it. The devil hides it. He tries to to play to all your pleasures, everything that you like, things that you enjoy. But in reality, it's all turning you away from God. It's just a big distraction. And and we need God now more than ever. You know, when Jesus is going to come again in the second coming, Everything we know here on this earth, everything is going to be gone. Everything is going to pass away. And there's going to be only one thing that's going to remain. And that's Jesus. That's God. God is going to be the only thing that remains. God is the only constant in all of this. After everything passes away, everything you enjoy, all the the sports, all the friends you like to hang out, all that stuff... Everything you do just for yourself, for fun, that's all going to pass away. But in the end, when you look at yourself, what's going to remain? It's going to be you and God. That's what it's going to be. It's going to be you standing before God. Uh, I want to open up to another verse. Uh, It's Hebrews 13, uh, verse 8 and 9. I'm going to go ahead and read it. It says, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. Do not be led away by diverse and strange teachings, for it is good for the heart to be strengthened by grace, not by foods which have not benefited those devoted to them. So what I got for this, from this uh, verse is that it says, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. Jesus Christ is constant Jesus is always there. It says, do not be led away by diverse and strange teachings. That's, that's everything in the world today. Pretty much everything in the world today, it's not of God. It's taking us away from God. It says, do not be led away. For it is good for the heart to be strengthened by grace, not by foods which have not benefited those devoted to them. Because you're going to be enjoying yourself. You're going to be having a good time. But in the end when Jesus comes, how is that going to benefit you? How is that going to benefit you? What is that going to do for you? All that worldly stuff that you love to do, that you enjoy so much. What does that do for you in the end when Jesus comes again? It does nothing. It means absolutely nothing. And it's all going to burn. It's just, it's so... To me, it's mind-boggling how the creator of the heavens and the earth, the God who created everything, who holds everything in the palm of his hands, who created me from dust. Guys, we came from dust. But yet he loves me and he loves you. And he wants to know you. He wants to know you and he wants you to accept him into his heart. He wants you to receive him. And one verse that, that from, from all of our childhoods, we all know it's the most famous uh, verse in the Bible. It's John three sixteen. But But how, how amazing is that verse? For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only begotten son, so that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. For God so loved the world... God is holy. God is holy and the world, it's full of sin. And God hates sin. God cannot be with sin. And we are full of sin. We are born into sin. But God loved us so much. He loved us so much that he came down and he died for us. Jesus Christ died for us. We need him We need him more in our lives. I just want everyone to take a moment and just just think to yourself tonight. Where are you with God? Where is your relationship with God? And just think how much we need him. And how much more we need to be focusing on God and putting away all those distractions and everything in our lives that that takes us away from him. And to be focusing on him more. We need God more. Uh, So, if everyone can stand and let's say a prayer.
3: Praise God, brothers and sisters. Uh, It's an honor and a great privilege to be here. Uh, Brother asked me, when was the last time you came to youth? And I thought about it. In if we, depending on which clock we look at, if it's the clock of eternity, it was like Yesterday. Uh, but uh, for me, it feels like yesterday, too, except the stage was that way. It was about fourteen years ago. so so far i 've been going to youth once every fourteen and a half years. so for me it 's a big deal, right it 's a huge deal to be here, and it 's a great honor and um, I was talking to my wife. I was like, man, I don't know what to tell the youth because they're all so smart. They got their cell phones, any questions, just Google it. They know everything. And she kind of looked at me, just just tell them about your struggles when you were in youth. And I was like, man, seems like it's all struggles. Where do we begin, you know? Like nothing but struggles, you know? One big one was for me, though, the first thing that popped into my mind was, um, um, and it was serious with me, you know, like it was a big deal. I would go into the bathroom every day and I'd wash up and I'd look at my, myself in the mirror and I'd put my hand on my hair like this, right? And then I look at my hand and there's a bunch of hair on my hand. I'm like, ah, I'm losing my hair. This is horrible. Like it was a struggle. Like it was real. Every day I would I would do that and then I'd do that. I'd pray about it and maybe one day like okay, this day it's not going to happen and i do the same thing and it's like same thing so i like go to the doctor and the doctor's like dude you're losing your hair like i can't do anything about that like just like get over it you know and it was like it was huge for me it was a big deal like uh, i'm being honest with you just like the brother before me you know and then i got married and that struggle went away so it was it was good but and then I could see other brothers that had the same struggle, and I'd kind of like, I, I know where they're coming from. So I know where you guys are coming, because the same struggles. And actually, I came up with like a good question arose, and I asked my wife, I, I, I asked my wife, what, what is something that you know now, that you wish you knew when you were in youth, and she she's like, well, uh, for me it was. Uh, she said that she was really scared of God. He, she thought like the wrath of God would come on her and do something. And then she realized that the fear of the Lord is a little bit different. And then I asked a bunch of people the same question because I didn't know what to what to share with you with you guys. And actually today I called. Uh, He's a relative of mine, and uh, he w- was raised in this church, and then through his teens and through his 20s, just didn't uh, really uh, live according to God. And I called him, and it was he lived a criminal life, and it, he just got out. He was in prison for five years, did all the drugs, did uh, burglary, all these crimes. And I called him and I said, hey, um, brother, what I'm going to youth service today. What would you say, you know? And for him, and it seems like, a boy, a guys would say this, for them, a big thing is peer pressure. I wish somebody would tell me that I don't have to show my friends, you know, the tough guy that I am, you know? I he's like, for me, that was a big deal. You know, I always thought that it was like the thing that I had to do was show my friends uh, who I, uh, who, 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 when they look at me, like how tough I am. And that got him to a lot of trouble. So today, um, I see that we don't have much time, but today I would like to read a verse from Ephesians chapter 6. Actually, there was a couple of other ones that I want to share with you that were pretty cool. Uh, One one sister said, she said, "I didn't, I didn't, you know, I wish I knew that I um, I could have a relationship with Jesus Christ." She didn't know that until she got married that she can have a relationship with Jesus Christ. And Sunday was not the only day that she would get her spiritual food. It's an everyday thing. And then another one said, to know that your decisions and mistakes will have a big impact on your adult life. That God's love, this is another person, that God's love is not conditional. Another person said, uh, the trials that God puts us through That he is making us stronger for the future and what he has in store for us. Another uh, gal said, I wish I knew that reading my Bible wasn't a duty. It was a privilege. It's not about what you should be doing. It's about what you get to do. Like It's a privilege to have this kind of life. And another guy said, um, stress and, I, I wish I knew that stress and worries uh, make life harder. So don't stress, don't worry, give it all to God. And if we get into the word, um, chapter 6 of Ephesians, verse 5. This is Apostle Paul talking uh, to the church of Ephesians. And here he's um, directing his word to uh, bondservants, it says, or, or slaves, And it says, bond servants, be obedient to those who are your master, according to the flesh. With fear and trembling in sincerity of heart as to Christ. Not with eye service as men pleasers, but as bond servants of Christ, doing the will of God from the heart with good will doing service as to the lord and not to men knowing that whatever good anyone does he will receive the same from the lord whether he is a slave or free so these verses just kind of stuck out and and if we if we kind of just read them carefully it says with fear and trembling insincerity of heart as to Christ. Not with eye service as men pleasers. Eye service. you guys know what that is? Eye service is, you guys know, I mean, everybody knows. And you, you work with people like this and you've probably been a person like this. Uh, it's when you're at work and here comes your boss. And then you start working soon as the boss leaves, you're on your phone. So that's eye service. And this is what Apostle Paul is telling us not to do. In everything that we do, we do it with sincerity of heart as to Christ. In everything that you do in life, in, in school, in work, you do it with sincerity as to Christ. Think about it. With sincerity as to Christ, you're doing this. Whatever you do, you're doing it like you're doing it for Christ. Whether it's work, whether the boss is there or he's somewhere else, whether it's uh, you're doing your homework, you're getting ready for a sermon, you're coming uh, to church, whatever you do, you do it like you're doing it for Jesus Christ. Well, it's really hard to work uh, for somebody that doesn't appreciate you. It's really difficult to go to work and you know that they're gonna be yelling at you and they they never give you a raise, you they, they don't pay you on time. It's really difficult to do it with sincerity of heart, with like you're doing it for God. It's really difficult to do that. And and when you work for people like that, you, you don't wanna you don't wanna do it with all your heart, but Apostle Paul is telling us, it says, knowing that whatever, uh, it says, with good will doing service as to the Lord and not to men. So here, we are not supposed to please men. We are not supposed to make sure that people look at us, oh yeah, he's, he's alright, he did a good job, you know. We, we, we're not supposed to worry about that. We're supposed to worry about what? What is God looking? How? How is He thinking about this? He, whenever um, you know, whether it's in school, uh, I, I like what Max preached about, and one of my analogies is, and this happened to me n- many times. Um, you know, when you're in a classroom and there's a project, and you have to split up into groups. And you, 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 you get picked into a group, but I always never did anything. I just kind of let the other people do everything, you know? And I kinda, you kind of stick, stick, stick with them. Yeah, yeah, I'm with them. But, and, and you do a good job, right? But, yeah, see, you guys are smiling, so you guys all know what I'm talking about. <laughs> but in life, that doesn't work. In, in God's eyes, that does not work. We have to have sincerity, you have to have sincerity because our master, our God, he, his bonuses are great. His pay is good. His reward is excellent. You know, when his presence fills your soul, it, 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 nothing can surpass it. When his presence still fills your soul, a soul, mind, and spirit, and He is around you, and He is all over you, and He is works through you, that, that reward is so great. It's like heaven on earth, and it, you can really have heaven on earth when you have a great relationship with Jesus Christ. And I would encourage you not to worry about what your peers think of you, not to listen to... Um, just today, I was talking to a family, there's... 14, 15-year-old kids that go to our church, they're, they're already drinking alcohol. It just, it just blows my mind. Like, what? Where did, where did the, what do we do? How do we do this? Like, what are you talking about? Hard liquor, like getting drunk. 14, 15-years-old, are you crazy? What are you doing? That just leads to suffering, I could give you phone numbers of my relatives that sat in prison for years and years. I talked to him. He's, he's about 37, 38 my age. And I said, hey, w- what's your goal? Like, okay, you got out. He's changed his life. He accepted the Lord. He's going to church. He's going to work. And I said, what's your goal now? Like, w- w- what's going to happen? He's like, oh, man, I'm so excited. In a couple of months, I'm going to get my driver's license. What? 37 years old? I I haven't seen him in 20 years. He's just excited about getting his driver's license. I love, Apostle Paul says this, if you guys in Corinthians. He says, what? When they get drunk and they come to church and he uses that word and, and it's just like, are you crazy? You're children of God. Parents have done so much for you. They brought you into this land to give you a good life, and then you're just like, ah, I want to try alcohol, see what it, what it tastes like. I want to, yeah, you guys want to go steal something? Oh, yeah, that sounds great. Are you crazy? It doesn't get you anywhere. I assure you, I've been there. I've done that, and it doesn't work. What works is getting on your knees In searching for God's presence, searching for Him no matter what, giving Him the praise when everything is good, you give Him the glory. God, you are glorious. You deserve all the praise and glory. When everything is going great, you give Him glory. When things are down and your friends will let you down, you... you, 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 Things aren't going out, going good at school. You know what you do? You give God the glory because he deserves the glory. You don't ask for him. You ask for help, but you give him the glory because, and and it's really difficult to, to get this across to people when they don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ. It goes in one ear and out the other ear. So that's the most important thing right now, is to have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Not Tuesday evenings, not Sunday mornings or Sunday evenings. Every single day, you're searching for Him. And when you're filled with the Holy Spirit, and you feel His presence in your heart, it, it only takes once. When you feel Him, when you feel Him, Your body can't can't sustain it. You don't know what to do because God has filled you so much. And then you understand who you really are. You you understand that you're nothing. And nothing really matters except Him. So that's what I would encourage you guys to do is find a relationship with Him. Talk to Him. Pray to Him. And uh, He'll take care of it no matter what the issue is, whether it's, girl problem whether it's boy problems whether it's school work money cars he'll take care of it he he always does i till this day you know and marriage doesn't solve it cuz the if you don't have a relationship with jesus the struggles just get worse they just get harder you know so it's about jesus christ because his rewards are much greater than anything in this world let's stand up and give him the glory